This creepypasta story is titled, There's a God in My Woods, written by Fainting Goat. This winter, I found a dead bird in my backyard, underneath the bird feeder, a nut hatch. Its abdomen was torn open and the organs were ripped free, leaving behind the hollow skin and broken ribs. Its beak gaped, head twisted backwards, one cloudy eye pointed towards the pale winter sun. I wrapped its body in plastic and threw it away. I didn't think much of it. Throughout the winter, I continued to find dead birds or signs of them around the feeder. Scraps of flesh and feathers, bits of bone, blood spots melting into the snow. A bobcat, I thought, though I never saw the tracks. Just the deep prints of the deer, their hooves sinking into the snow as they traversed my yard, forlornly searching for some surviving vegetation in the long winter. Spring came. The snow melted, turning the ground to spongy mud that sighed and shifted with every step. Now the birds died quietly. Their bodies cradled in the young grass, and I did not find their remains until the earth had overrun them, dragging bones and feathers into a shallow grave with only a scrap of skull or beak protruding. The insects left these corpses untouched. I buried the ones I found fresh in my garden. The rest I let nature reclaim for as much as she would. I found how they died one chilly evening when the sun sat low on the horizon like a bloated tick. I stood at the back window. The curtain pulled open just enough so I could watch as an emaciated deer made its way across the yard. The winter had been hard on it. I thought perhaps our area was overpopulated and this one could not find enough food among all the others. Its legs shook as it walked. Its ribs protruded such as I could see every ridge and in the right light, they seemed almost white. Its eyes were vacant hollows in a skull with skin so tight it betrayed every contour of the bone beneath. The abdomen seemed to be gone, a dark hollow directly after the ribs. I pitied it. I went to one of the pine trees by the back fence. It nuzzled the branches, shaking the tree like a ship in a gale and then shoved its head past the outer growth and into the dark interior. It had a bird in its mouth when it withdrew its head. A baby translucent skin scattered with the spines of growing feathers over a large skull bobbing like a marble on a string. The deer jerked its head back, tossing the bird up and it opened its mouth wide, its throat like a pit, and its teeth snapped down on the bird's body. I did not need to hear anything to know what the crunch of the bird's spine sounded like. It did this twice more, reached into the tree, removed a bird from its nest and ate it. By the third, I'd pull the curtains back so that I could see the entire yard, aghast at what I was witnessing. The deer saw me standing there. It looked at me as it chewed, blood running from its mouth and down its neck, fledging feathers and bits of twigs clinging wetly to its lips and nostrils. This is why I never saw bobcat prints around the bird feeder, only the imprint of a deer's hooves. 
I began to take walks in the woods. It's a handful of acres that surrounds my house, joining with my neighbor's handful of acres. And then there's neighbors forming a pocket of wilderness in the heart of my small town. There are paths, though I do not know who wore them down, as I have never met another person out here in the forest. There are stone walls as well, barely as high as my knee, an overgrown tumble of boulders marking long-forgotten property lines from colonial times. This is where I saw the god. I felt its approach. Something passed over the forest, a sense of unease. And I stopped in my tracks and looked around at my surroundings. There was a tight spot between my shoulder blades. At the base of my neck, a quiet primal instinct whispering that I was in danger. And my life was at risk. It wasn't something I'd heard whispered to me very often before. Not with such urgency. Around me, the forest fell silent. The birds were mute. Then the air was filled with the rustle of leaves and the hum of the wings, like electricity, as they fled. I was standing near a stone wall and ducked beside this, dropping low to the earth on my knees, hunching my back over so that I was only as tall as the top of the wall. And I looked. Over it, into the forest, in the direction the birds had fled from. It was the deer this same from my backyard, emaciated to the point that it should not even be alive. No, it wasn't alive, for now the skin had peeled away from its chest and sloughed off, leaving behind a tattered line that only half covered the ribs like a mantle. Its abdomen was split open, the skin hanging like curtains that wavered with every step it took. It had grown antlers, too quick. The deer should not have a full rack, and they were twisted and incoherent, growing like the branches of a tree with no pattern or reason to them. Its eye sockets were empty, hollow pits that leaked a black substance like tar. I covered my mouth with both hands as if I could stop up my breath so that I could not hear me. I should have fled, I thought, along with the birds. Something was moving inside its chest, growing clearer as it came closer to where I was hiding. I saw feathers, brown and black and gold. Bones, a writhing knot of birds, beaks opening to cry out in silence. Claws convulsing on each other as they struggled for purchase inside their prison of the deer's ribcage. They flowed into each other, their bodies half rotten and liquid. And a noxious fluid drained from the base of the ribs to splatter in a black, stinking trail in the deer's wake. I realized that it would pass me by. So long as I remained still and quiet, it would pass me by. Then, just as it was starting to move away from where I crouched, the massive birds inside its chest parted. The wings and the squirming bodies drew back, fleeing deeper into the deer's abdomen, and something emerged from the darkness inside. A human hand clutched the bones of the ribcage, the flesh sallow and wet with grit. A bone sprouted from the wrist, long and thin. 
the skin stretched over it mottled with the spines of growing feathers. I saw a neck, thin and shaking, broken with patchwork of charcoal feathers. Its shoulders heaved, the fingers convulsed, and a skull slammed up against the bone, pressed along the interior of the ribs, straining at its prison. The skull of a bird as large as a human's, the black beak sliding between the gaps, opening soundlessly, the empty eye sockets fixed on where I knelt in the dry leaves. The deer paused. I was shaking, and I felt I could not move, not even to flee. I think I was holding my breath the whole entire time. It twisted its head, nuzzling at its exposed ribs. It opened its mouth. There was a glimpse of its white teeth, and it seized one of the birds, ripped it free from its chest, and the thing struggled, flailing its wings that were nothing but bone and dry, dirty feathers. It cried out with decaying lungs, clawing at empty air with shriveled feet. Then the deer jerked its head, just as it's done with the baby birds in my yard, spinning the body up and into its mouth. It bit down. The wings were severed from its body and fell to the ground, and it swallowed the rest. The creature inside vanished back into the darkness of its chest. It resumed walking, and I remained in hiding until the birds returned and heard them calling out to each other once more. Only then did I stand on trembling legs and walk over to where the deer stood. The trail of slime stank. A foul stench of old rot. I breathed shallowly. At my feet was half of the bird's body, the spine severed just below the joint of the wings. I bent and picked it up. It lay unmoving in my palms. It was nothing more than a corpse. A dead scrap of bone and feather and dry, empty flesh. I keep its remains in an empty dresser drawer, nestled in fabric. I don't know why. I do not think it's a monster. There is a majesty and purpose to it. I hid it from it because I felt the terror of insignificance, a powerlessness. And I wondered if it would have done anything to me had I stood. If it would have just passed on by. Because it is a god, and I am beneath notice. I do not go into the woods anymore. Those acres are mine on paper alone. They do not actually belong to me. I was going to leave it at that. Try to forget what I'd seen, and keep to my own world where there are no gods. But there was a man in my backyard yesterday evening, right at dusk. When the world turns gray and the shadows in the trees flatten into a single plane, the details lost to the encroaching darkness. He was thin with spongy flesh, like he'd been left out in the rain too long. He wore jeans and a t-shirt and they hung loose on his bony frame. His arms were pricked with indentations, tiny red dots like freckles, and some still bled as he moved. He was barefoot. He came up to the tree by the back deck, to the bird feeder, and he reached up and gripped one of the birds, a titmouse, and it didn't move, like it was frozen in place. He wrapped his fingers around it and raised it to its mouth. It twitched, once, when his jaw clamped down on it and twisted its head, the muscles in his neck tight like iron cables, and ripped its head off. 
blood red down his chin and into his collar of his shirt. His expression was vacant as he chewed. I ducked away from the window, collapsing to the floor, curling up well out of sight of the backyard. I'd stayed there for a long time, and when I had the courage to peek once more, the backyard was empty. Save for a few scraps of bone and feathers lying in a bloody heap under the bird feeder, I keep replaying that moment in my mind as that thing chewed mechanically and the way it turned its head right before I dropped the curtain, how its eyes slid sideways. I don't know if it saw me. I'm terrified it did. There's a god in the woods near my house. And now that it looks like a man, it is ready to leave the forest and walk among us. Watch the birds. If they flee, I think you should as well.